Welcome to Growing Bolder, a new podcast that celebrates the wonderful ways people are living life after 50. I'm your host, Linda Robson, and over the next six episodes, I'll be chatting to people who have all found a new lease of life, pursuing inspiring and entertaining passions and pastimes. This podcast is brought to you by Zesty Life, life insurance for the over 50s without the weight, so you can get on with something more interesting. Charlie Hyde is a drag performer from Boston, currently living in London with a Royal Television Society Award under his belt, as well as multiple cabaret awards too. He's 57 and appeared on the ninth season of RuPaul's Drag Race in America. Now, Charlie can be found over on his YouTube channel, Charlie Hyde's TV, serving up hilarious celebrity impressions, hosting lockdown bingo games and performing epic parody song performances. Hi, Charlie. It's such a pleasure to have you on today. So thank you so much for putting time aside to join us on Growing Boulder. How are you? I'm fabulous. It's good to meet you. Before I go any further, I just wanted to say when I moved to the UK uh, in the late 90s, I turned on my television set and um, I used to watch Birds of a Feather all the time. Oh, thank you, Charlie. I was a bit, it was must-see TV. It was, it was kind of like it was a cultural um, phenomenon that you, everybody had to watch it and would all talk about it in the pub the next day. So it's a pleasure to meet you. They tried to do an American version, but it didn't work, Charlie. <laughs> it didn't work at all. It was rubbish. It was, yeah, yeah. Right, shall we get started? First things first, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into the world of drag and performing? My entree into drag started because I was doing comedy. I was doing stand-up comedy in comedy clubs, and I, I liked to do characters. So as well as doing traditional stand-up, I would sometimes perform as different people. So I would put on a quick wig or put on a pair of glasses and a cigar. But the the drag character, anytime I put on the wig, I got bigger laughs. It was funnier. And so then people started saying, oh, you've got to develop that character. And I developed the character and, and I started getting a lot more bookings in drag than out of drag. And so who am I to argue if that, you give the audience what they want? What was your experience like on RuPaul's Drag Race? From start to finish, I had a blast. I, I loved doing it. I got to meet Lady Gaga. And every time I walked the runway, I looked absolutely stunning. And um, as the oldest queen to have ever competed on RuPaul's Drag Race, I was really flattered just to be just to be cast, just to be asked to uh, be part of season nine was a huge career highlight for me. I was competing against people who were 21, 22, 23 years old, and I was 52. So um, I was really flattered just to be just to be part of it. Would you say that was the highlight of your career? Uh, no, surprisingly not. Um, I've got because because I've done so much uh, for for a lot of people. If you're 21 and you're asked to be on RuPaul's Drag Race, that would probably be the biggest thing you've ever done. Um, but I've performed for 20,000 people in Rome. Um, I've I've done tours of Australia. I I won a Royal Television Society Award. There's lots of things that I've done that I think are are more noteworthy. What advice would you give to older guys hoping to get into drag? Well, anybody that, that wants to get into drag, the first thing I would do is just say practice at home. Don't don't inflict yourself on the public without having practice. But if, if they want to be a drag performer, I would remind them that your number one job 
requirement is for you to be able to engage the audience for as long as you're asking for their attention. So if you're booked to, to do a five minute spot, a 10 minute spot, a half hour spot, an hour spot, your job is to keep the audience engaged, keep them from looking at their phones or their watch or thinking about going to the bar. And so if that means you're going to be lip syncing or tap dancing or singing or juggling or playing the ukulele, your job is to just keep the audience engaged. Um, so whatever skills you have, whatever thing you enjoy doing, whether it's singing opera or tap dancing, be good at it and keep the audience engaged. So tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel. About 10 years ago, I started doing comedy sketches on YouTube um, where I would play lots of different characters. And my first video that went viral on my birthday, uh, I think it was the summer of 2011, so 10 years ago, uh, I was playing Madonna, Cher, and Lady Gaga. And because I started doing so many different impersonations of celebrities, a lot of the celebrities that I was impersonating on YouTube started following me. Lady Gaga watched a lot of my videos. Madonna has seen my videos. Cher started following me on Twitter. So I would do celebrities like Lana Del Rey, Joan Rivers, uh, Sharon Osbourne, Kylie Minogue, um, you name a celebrity, um, I've, I've played them on YouTube. Out of all those people you've spoken about, who's your favorite? Well, I, I mean, I've always loved performing. When, when I've done my impersonation of Cher, I basically created a character that is similar to Cher, but has her own unique qualities. And I've always enjoyed performing that character because it gets a good laugh, whether I've done it publicly or on YouTube. And the fact that Cher has seen it and thinks it's funny, uh, that that's hugely rewarding. I always enjoyed performing as Joan Rivers as well, just because she had such a distinct comedy style that it was easy to mimic, write my own comedy and write my own jokes, imagining like, if Joan was alive today, what would she be talking about? And I can quickly go into, oh, did you see the interview with Oprah Winfrey? Oh, Meghan Markle, she looked like the Duchess of Windsor, looked like a bird had taken a poop on her dress. Oh, what was that all about? Didn't anybody give her a wet wipe? You know, I, I quickly I can go into the Joan Rivers sort of style and talk about any subject. And, and so performing as Joan has always been fun. Talking of Joan Rivers, she was one of the guests on New Swimming. I think she was one of the only guests to ever be escorted off the show. <laughs> I remember watching thought, that, yeah. She thought there was a time delay and she could swear. <laughs> and there wasn't. I think she swore twice, didn't she? Yeah, I remember that. You know, what my Joan Rivers story uh, is I was, uh, so the summer that I turned 50, my husband took me to Venice to celebrate my 50th birthday. And so we were staying at the Daniele Hotel. <gasps> We've stayed there, me and my husband. It's the most beautiful hotel, isn't it? Oh, and the restaurant is fabulous. So I posted some photographs from my balcony and on Instagram, Facebook, and a couple of people commented saying, Joan Rivers has the same view. And I thought, what? So I quickly sussed that the noise that I was hearing from the room above me was Joan Rivers. So I went down to the uh, the concierge and rather than saying, is Joan Rivers staying here? I said, um, if I brought you a bouquet of flowers, could you see that Miss Rivers gets it? And he very discreetly tip-tapped on his computer, looked down and looked up at me and said, I'll make sure that happens, sir. So I quickly ran out, got a huge spray of <laughs> Casablanca lilies, which I knew she loved. And I wrote her a letter 
a personal letter thanking her for all the laughter that she had given me over the years because if I was ever sad or you know lonely or depressed or feeling bad, I knew if I watched a Joan Rivers video or something on YouTube or a TV show, I would feel better. So I wrote it from the point of view of a comedian. Uh, about 10 minutes later, my phone started, the notifications started going crazy. She posted the photograph of her holding the flowers, thanking me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, and she tagged me and people from all over the world were like messaging me. Oh my God, you met Joan Rivers. Oh my God, Joan Rivers. You know, uh, and then uh, within, I think two months later, she died. Oh yeah. It was so sad, wasn't it? I was glad that I had had the chance to personally thank her for, for all the laughter that she had given me. I always wonder what Joan would be doing now, what Joan would be saying now. Jo Joan would still be the same it, as you. She'd still be working. Yeah, yeah. I've actually said um, I'm going to go out the same way she did. I'm going to be on the operating table at 90 <laughs> getting, a, getting a facelift. <laughs> you say was the highlight of your career? Well, there have been many highlights. Uh, it's really hard to pick out one. I did four sold out tours of Australia. So when people on the other side of the world pay to buy tickets to your show, that's pretty incredible. And I remember uh, the first tour. Now, the two of my sold out tours of Australia were before I even was on Drag Race. And opening night, Kylie Minogue wanted to come, but she had a show. She was doing a private show at the Beresford uh, down the road. She basically invited me to come after my show was done, and she delayed the opening of her show until I could arrive. So basically, I arrived, security whisked me into her private box. They radioed backstage and said, Charlie's here. And then she started the show. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> Then when I did a TV, I was given a pilot um, here in the UK to do a show where I played 26 different characters. I called her and I said, hey, do you want to be in the show? Will you play yourself? So I played 26 characters. There was only one other character and she played herself. That was that was a. Oh, fantastic. That's, that's the show. Yeah, that's the show that I won the Royal Television Society Award for. She takes all the credit. She says it was for her. <laughs> and what's coming up next for you, Charlie? Well, what's coming up next is in a very short time, I've got to get on Zoom and do shows for uh, lots of corporate, <laughs> for lots of big corporations. That's that's my thing. Right now, um, I'm keeping myself busy uh, on the internet doing shows on Zoom uh, and doing, uh, I do a comedy show. I do... Uh, a game show. I do bingo. I'm doing team socials. I'm doing award shows. Anything that anybody wants me to do on Zoom. That's how I'm keeping busy during lockdown. And are you looking forward to getting back to doing some live gigs? I am. But are you aware of a feature on Zoom called Touch Up My Appearance? No. It's a soft filter that you can put on and it makes you look about five or 10 years younger. I've become addicted to it. And I'm worried that if I start performing at live venues, people are going to say that it's not Charlie Hyde's, it's Charlie Hyde's <laughs> mother. <laughs> Charlie, do you think as you're getting older, it's harder for drag queens to carry on? performing? Uh, well, I don't know about in general. I know that our society, the society that we're in favors the young. RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, the show that I was on, um, they almost always cast people under the age 30. I know that as, as just 
personally, I find it's harder to recover from an injury as I get older. I'm able to do the job uh, of making people laugh. My primary job is to make people laugh, and I, I'm able to do that quite easily. But I find like if I sprain my ankle, I used to be able to walk it off. When I was, you know, 10 years old, I'd just walk it off and I'd be fine. Then when I was 20, I, I maybe, you know, I'd limp for a day or two. By the time I was 35, I'd have, you know, limp for a week. And by the time I was 50, you know, I'd be like, oh, geez, <laughs> you know, two months later, I'm saying, oh, my ankle is still, you know, acting up. So I just find that in general, like I used to bend down to pick something up, no problem. And now, do you know those glow sticks at nightclubs where yeah. you have to snap them and they crack and then they glow? That's what I feel if I bend down, my body just sort of cracks and snaps. <laughs> and I think, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get up from this. Uh, so that, that's the, you know, the, the downside is our bodies have a, a sell by date, but my mind, in my mind, I'm still, I'm still 28 years old. Well, you still look 28. <laughs> well, yeah, I've paid I've paid a team of surgeons a t- shed load of money for that. I I never think of my age until people bring it up, but there I do know there are huge advantages to being older. Like I said, the decisions I make now, uh, I don't have a mortgage, so you know, I paid it off. So I, I don't have to do those gigs that I used to. Oh, Charlie, will you drive to Newcastle uh, and do a show at midnight? At, <laughs> I don't have to do that anymore. Before no. I used to take every gig that was offered to me um, because I needed to pay the mortgage. And um, now I can, I get to pick and choose the things that I want to do. That's an advantage of being older. And my car insurance is a hell of a lot cheaper. So, Charlie, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, well, the best piece of advice that I was, was ever given was that the audience doesn't care how you feel. They care how they feel. So my job from the start, I'm always mindful, is that I'm here to make you feel better about your day, to make you forget about your pain, your stress, your mortgage, your health, whatever it is that's worrying you. My job is to make you forget it. Joan Rivers once said, a good laugh is like taking a mini holiday. And that's that's my job is to give you as many of those as I can, those little mini holidays in an hour. My job is to help you forget about your pain, your pain, your trouble. And that's what I do. And the other piece of advice I was given was uh, this was when I first moved to the UK was buy the whatever piece of property you can currently afford, because in six months from now, you won't be able to afford it. <laughs> and did you take that advice? I did take that advice and I and I, I bumped into that guy on a cruise uh, about two years ago and I thanked him because the piece of property that I bought back in 89 or, or 99 or whatever is now worth a fortune. It's worth a fortune and there's no way I could afford it. Do you think being an older performer has given you the edge over other drag queens? Uh, with most things in life, uh, having experience, I don't think of myself as older. I just think of myself as having had a lot more experience than most of the performers that are that are currently working. So um, I've got a huge amount of experience with every sort of situation. So I think that I'm lucky to have the experience that I've had. I, and I never, I never think of it. I never wake up in the morning and think, oh, I'm an old performer. If I have a show... I do it. I give it my best. You know, I give it a 100%. And fortunately, the 100% that I'm giving it, I've got a lot of experience 
under my belt. So I've, I've learned a lot more tricks than the younger kids. The thing about comedy is you can do it at any age. Uh, although I do it in drag and, you know, I have a certain look that might be considered glamorous, uh, with the right amount of plastic surgery, Cher has proven, you can just keep going on and on and on. You'll have to give me the number of your doctor. <laughs> So, Charlie, how have you coped with lockdown um, over the past year and what have you done to keep you sane? Well, the first day when on the Friday when the prime minister announced the country was going into lockdown, I had a good cry because I had to cancel six weeks of sold out shows. So I spent the next day, the Saturday, refunding people. And that was horrible. Sunday morning, I woke up and had a brainstorm saying, ah, I've been doing bingo in nightclubs. I can do bingo online. So I quickly put together an advertisement and told people I was going to, and started selling tickets. By the time my husband woke up a couple hours later, I'd already sold like a hundred tickets. And I said, we're doing a show tonight. He said, but the country's locked down. I said, yeah, we're going to do it on Zoom. He said, how? I said, I have no idea. We'll figure it out. We've got six <laughs> hours. So we took photographs of bingo cards, sent them out to the people who purchased the tickets. I did a show and it took off. And uh, because it went so well, I have been able to keep working, which for a performer, it's what we do. It's what we need to do. We need to be making people laugh. And so I have found lockdown to be, although it's been difficult not seeing my family, not seeing my friends, not going out to a restaurant, not being able to hug people, having to wash all the groceries that come in the house. It would have been extremely challenging if I wasn't working. I have a lot of friends, my performer friends from the West End, ballet, opera, you know, theater, singers, dancers. They're all out of work um, and they're all broke uh, being told that they have to become an Amazon delivery person. So I'm extremely grateful that I've got work and I'm, I'm still doing what I love, which is making people laugh. Okay, Charlie, I'm very sad, but we've got to go now. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you and I can't wait for you to do your live shows and I'll be the first one in the front row watching you. I look forward to meeting you in person. Look forward to meeting you too. Thank you very much. Growing Boulder has been brought to you by Zesty Life, the only over 50s life insurance provider with no waiting period. So what are you waiting for? Get your life insurance sorted out so you can get on with something more interesting. Visit ZestyLife.com or call the team for free on 0800 1522 to get covered in minutes. Thank you for joining me and tune in next week when I'll be chatting to 70-year-old Frank Rothwell, the oldest man to spend 56 days at sea and complete a solo row across the Atlantic and raise over a million pounds in the process. <laughs> <laughs>